Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Maher, it is no good. It was blocked. Samson Ebicom, I think, got his hands on it. Poor Brett Maher. He has all offseason to try to get right again, kicking extra points. Never quite seen anything like the yips on extra points. Like, that guy's good. Really good for a long time. Grant and Danny welcoming you back after the divisional round play all weekend. Four games, two of them, ended up being ultra close and entertaining. The other two? Eagles dominating the Giants and the Bengals blowing out the Bills. Here to break it all down with us, our guy, Jay Gruden, the former head coach of the Redskins, who's always very, very good with us on the show. Great insight, always entertaining. Jay, what's up, man? How you been? Doing good. You know, once you miss one three-foot putt, another one's coming, and then another one's coming. And I think that's what happened to the Maher. Oh, it was brutal. (laughs) Feels like it. I'll tell you, so before we even get into Maher and the other games, I wanted to ask you about this. The Bengals are moving on to take on the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. Yeah. Who do you think has been the key to the Bengals' success this year? Well, let me take it. Let me break it down to one guy, and that's the quarterback. Um, I, I don't think you really understand the impact that that guy has on that entire football team. But, but hang on, Jay. If, okay, so let's from let's a swagger say, standpoint. I mean, it's the quarterback. But let's say not Joe Burrow. Let's say another guy. Well, there is no other guy. Because if they didn't have Joe Burrow, they'd be 0-17. But think about running backs. <laughs> Samaj P. Ryan? Yeah! yeah! All right. <laughs> uh, I didn't know how it was going to – I was like, oh, this might be force harder. it in there a little this bit. This might be yeah. harder than I thought. All right, now we'll circle back. Have you ever seen a kicker have the yips like Maher did? Has, have you ever come across that? Um, no. I mean, I've had kickers miss a few here and there, but uh, not like that. Not like four or five out of – six extra points. That's unheard of. Start chronological order here, Jay, with that Jacksonville, Kansas City game. Just give me your impressions from that and and you know how big a deal is this injury to Mahomes, man? How does it change how you'd prepare? Well, I don't know. He came back and played. He's a tough guy. Obviously Coach Reed addressed that how tough he is. I think he's gonna play that was mobility, which makes him different, which makes him in a class by himself. If that's altered a little bit, that'll have an effect on the game in my opinion. Um Cincinnati has two defensive ends that can really put the heat on and can run, uh, so they can corral them in the pocket a little bit easier, perhaps, and it allows the defensive backs to read the eyes and, and break on the football as opposed to playing plaster drills all day. So it could have a major impact if he can't move. Travis Kelsey, 17 targets, 14 catches. Uh, coming off of a career high with over 100 catches, by the way. First ballot Hall of Famer. Is he always open because he's excellent or because of the scheme if, if you had to kind of lean in one direction or the other? I think a little bit of both, but mainly because he has a great feel and he understands when Patrick moves, he moves. Uh, he gets in his vision on scramble drills. He can find holes in zones. He can win in man-to-man. He can play big body ball. He can he can explode in and out of cuts effortlessly. Um, he beats man-to-man. He beats zone. He's just an all-around great tight end. I've been mentioning this before, that that, that type of player at that position 
if you have one, is a huge difference maker. Like when we had Jordan Reed and he was doing all those things. If you don't have that guy, it's, it's very difficult. The teams with the really good tight ends, um, it, it is a great advantage for the offense. Jay Gruden with us here on GND. Go to the Jacksonville perspective here. They were kind of middling and, and got hot and started to play pretty good football towards the end. Give me just your, your general thoughts on them and where they go from here. Well, I think, obviously, arrow's pointing up for them. Uh, they have some one-year free agent type guys they'll have to address with uh, the tight end Ingram, a couple other guys on their offensive side of the football. Uh, but they have Kirk in-house. they got a good young quarterback. The offensive line's, I think, pretty much stable with Sheriff and the two tackles. Their defense, they did a great job of uh, making some roster moves and being competitive. So I think uh, they'll be good for a little bit. You know, I think the AFC South in general will be a lot better when Tennessee gets a quarterback and Indianapolis does some things with the draft and hopefully getting a quarterback. So, uh, But they're at the top of the division, in my opinion. How much did you study Jalen Hurts in 20 after you went over to Jacksonville, you know, that, that pre-draft process? And how surprised are you by his development? The Eagles blowing out the Giants 38-7. I mean, they just schemed them up, man, and Hertz was clinical. Yeah, we weren't crazy in the market for a quarterback, you know, because we, we were going to go with Minshew uh, at the time and maybe draft one later, and he was definitely – look. we were definitely looked at him in the third or fourth round. Um, but he, he's an exceptional player. I don't think anybody could really predict uh, how good of a passer he is and how he's turned out in his development as far as a drop-back pass considered. We all knew he could run. We all knew he could escape the pocket and do the things with his legs. But uh, the accuracy that showed, the anticipation uh, has really been amazing, in my opinion, the, the development he's had in a short amount of time. Now he's got great receivers, no doubt about it, but still you got to throw the ball with anticipation and accuracy, and he's done a great job. Jay, I was wrong. I thought the Giants would just be continue to be frisky and a, a pain in the butt to play, and they'd make it close. I thought Philly would win, but not like that. Uh, what'd you make of that game? Yeah, I, I kind of figured that would be the case. I just think Philadelphia is too strong, too talented at every position. They're better than the Giants at every position on the field. Uh, exception of maybe running back with Saquon. So um, there's out, man. Um, I think you got to be happy with the way the Giants have come on. They've shown some progress, and Daniel Jones hopefully has solidified his spot on that roster moving forward for that football team. So a lot, a lot of good things for the Giants. If they can just get Daniel Jones some help, they'll be a lot better off. But right now they don't have the personnel to match up with a team like Philly. Is that if you're running that show, you go into the offseason, is your priority just weapons, is wide receiver, tight end, does it matter? Yeah, for sure. They got to get him some speed, some uh, some people outside, tight end, somebody that can make some people miss and get some cre- get some separation. For goodness sakes, uh, but they have a great uh, you know the offensive line played a lot better than most people thought. Obviously, the running game is going to be uh, what they're going to lean on with Daniel and Saquon, and then defense I think shows some flashes being pretty good. They address the secondary as well, without a doubt. You touched on it with the Eagles, Jay, but man, that was impressive. And we kind of forgot, right? Because they hadn't done that in a month, basically, since the last time you know Jalen Hurts played in a competitive game that, that really mattered to them. They were really, really impressive. How much of that is was the Giants that they were just kind of better than, or how much of that is Philly really is that good? I think both. I think they're better than them, but I think Philly is really that good. You just talk about their offense. The quarterback is playing at an elite level. Uh, they had two of the best receivers in the game. Dallas Goddard's one of the top tight ends in the game. And their offensive line is big and strong and powerful, and they can hurt you a lot of different ways. They're well-balanced attack. I mean, and they usually play with a lead, which makes them even more dangerous. And then defensively, they lead the they lead the country and lead the league in sacks. They get after the quarterback, and and they play well against the run. They got one of the top corners in the league, so their roster, top to bottom, is, is as good as anybody's and it's showing. Obviously, yeah, Howie Roseman can take a bow because I mean, they they at one point about three or four years ago, I was thinking, oh, they're old. They have bad contracts. They're about to go into a real rut. 
Next thing you know, they make a few trades. They got a ton of picks. And by hitting on Hurts in round two, it's completely changed everything for them. Jay Gruden is with us here on Grant and Danny, breaking down the weekend that was in playoff football. Bengals, Bills, and Buffalo. This was not the game we thought it was going to be. We were expecting a, not only a shootout, but maybe more importantly, you know, a tight game that came down to the wire and Cincinnati just bludgeoned the Bills. What? Yeah. How were they able offensively with that line to hold up as well as they did? Because they were down three starters and everyone thought, including the odds makers, that that was going to really hurt them. A two-to-one ratio, man. They ran the ball two-to-one. <laughs> uh, they were able to run the ball effectively, which kept them in positive down a distance, kept Josh Allen off the field. They maintained drives. Josh Burrows, or Joe Burrows is a stud. Uh, and they got playmakers all across the board. And defensively, you got to give credit uh, to that whole staff and, and the way they played. Eli Apple stepping up. Uh, the other corner stepped up. Bates is a great free safety. They get after the quarterback. Um, just all around beating and that was an impressive game by the Cincinnati Bengals and I can't wait for next weekend Jay tell me if you think I'm wrong here but Cincinnati should be favored this coming weekend they've I think they've won three straight times against uh, Kansas City and you mentioned the the injury to, to Mahomes and the way Cincinnati's playing right now I think they're the better football team am I nuts Oh, I don't think you're nuts at all. I mean, three in a row is three in a row. I don't care where they played, when they played, but they all were meaningful games. And Cincinnati won all three uh, in a convincing fashion. I mean, they weren't blowouts, but, I mean, they beat them pretty good. Up front, um, I think there'll be a problem uh, with Jones rushing the pass around Burrow. I think uh, the offensive line could be a problem for Cincinnati against Kansas City. But uh, if they can still maintain that balance offensively, keep Mahomes relatively off the field, uh, they'll have a great chance to win again, and I would pick them as well. Jay, the Bills have done nothing wrong but just have a great process and win a lot of football games and be good three straight years. But here Sean McDermott and Josh Allen are in familiar territory where inevitably you know, it's almost like you take more heat and you get more backlash when you're just really good and you lose than if you're going up and down on the seesaw, sometimes missing the playoffs. The noise starts to get louder on Allen, on McDermott. I mean, what do you think they need to get over the hump in Buffalo? Well, I don't think the noise should get loud on either one of them. They've both done a great job. If uh, They think they're going to replace Josh Allen anybody. that They're out of their mind. Josh Allen's one of the top four or five quarterbacks in the league, without a doubt. Um, he, he does miss some throws every now and then and have some head-scratching plays. But without him, that team is nowhere. So uh, they just got to continue to build. they got to get their pass rusher back. Von Miller killed them. Uh, the safety injuries killed them a little bit. Those are two key players on their defense. Uh, that relies on a good pass rush and, and good coverage, obviously. And uh, they just missed a couple key pieces, but uh, they just got to continue to build that defense a little bit and uh, make sure if, if Diggs leaves, they got to make sure they find another wideout. Yeah. And to clarify, I don't think anybody's on the hot seat. I just mean you get all these dumb shows that do all these dumb segments. The next thing you know, Josh Allen can't win the big game and Sean McDermott, you know, isn't going to get him to the Super Bowl. And, and that's more what I'm talking about in terms of, you know, the heat getting turned yeah. up. On those guys. Uh, Cowboys 49ers, final game of the weekend in San Francisco on Sunday afternoon. A 19-12 win for the Niners, despite the fact that Dallas did a good job against Kyle in the offense, I thought, and, and really didn't allow the 49ers to make many explosive plays, but they won a defensive struggle. Yeah, Cowboys definitely played good enough on defense to win that football game. Offensively, they, were, uh, they, they just turned into... The Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, all year long. One week they're good, next week they're awful. One week they don't turn the ball over, next week they do. And they had another case of the turnovers. He threw two more picks and should have had three others. And uh, It's just uh, head-scratching to figure out why he makes those throws into coverage on basic stick routes. He's got to see the guy in front of him. He can't throw a, 
uh, come back into the boundary and not see the corner sitting there. Um, you got to be able to see the throws, uh, make the throws, and unfortunately, back at some crucial turnovers again, which cost them. Jay Gruden with us here on Grant and Danny. So Brock Purdy is going to be the fifth rookie ever to start a conference title game. How would you handle that if, if you were in charge? Do you do you sort of try to dumb it down for him because he's a rookie? Do you just kind of act as if this is all normal? Like, give me kind of the process to walk a guy through that who's quite literally never been there before. Well, obviously he's not a normal rookie the way he's playing in clutch situations. You know, I still think you want to make sure you protect him with a good, strong running game like they do. They didn't ask him to do a whole lot. They're not going to ask him to go back and empty and drop back and throw it 15 to 20 times or uh, do some seven-step drops and wait for plays to develop. They're going to get him on naked bootlegs, like hit Kittle on on a one-handed catch. They're going to get him outside the pocket. They're going to throw a quick game, and they're going to get McCaffrey and uh, and the rest of the guy and Debo Samuel involved in the running game and just keep him protected and make sure that uh, he doesn't beat him. Uh, they're going to make sure the Eagles beat him by uh, forcing them into some third and longs and getting after the quarterback. But if they stay in positive down distances, they'll be fine. How much of a of a slice of a percentage pie, so to speak, would you give to Purdy playing well as it pertains to like Brock Purdy's success in a world where you've got as good a play designer as there is in the league, and you got Mitchell and McCaffrey and Samuel running the ball, and you got uh, Kyle Yuschek, who's a Pro Bowl fullback and a Pro Bowl tight end, and Debo and Ayuk and Jennings at wide receiver. Not to mention the number one defense. Like I, I've made the case, he's got the best situation. We've seen for any quarterback, maybe ever, but certainly in a long time. How much credit does he deserve for how he's actually playing? Well, he deserves a lot of credit because he's still got to go back there, make the audibles, make the throws, handle the line of scrimmage or protections, uh, and not make the poor, terrible mistake that cost your football team. And he hasn't done that. You know, uh, so who knows? Maybe going to Philadelphia with that crowd noise there and the pressure involved in that game, uh, that could have a major effect. Does he turn the ball over? Does he fumble a snap or two? Does he uh, screw up the snap count or what have you? Does he not get in the right audible? Uh, there's going to be a lot of things hitting him uh, against Philadelphia that he's going to have to handle and manage as a quarterback, but you still have to give him a lot of credit for what he's done so far. Jay, I want to ask you actually about uh, coaching in, in, in the postseason. Were you, were you a guy that would sort of stop things and go, you guys, it's the postseason, we got to pick it up, or would you try to treat it like any other week? Like the, uh, I'm watching, uh, I just finished watching Last Chance You on, on Netflix, right? And this junior college coach stops practice every five seconds and is screaming at everybody, if you do this one little thing, we're going home, it's the playoffs, bah! Like raising the intensity level. Is that the way you go about it, or is it just a, hey man, we're just going to do our thing and just have, have another week of practice? I think it depends on the guys. Obviously, if you make it this far, you're going to have a great stable of guys, a core nucleus of solid veteran players that can handle this type of pressure. And uh, so you rely on your players, really, the veteran guys to bleed uh, by example. You expect the rookies to make sure they have, are totally focused and ready to go for each day of practice, uh, all the meetings, um, and make sure they're ready to go. Um, if you have to yell at a guy at this stage, this late in the year, uh, you're probably not going to have a chance. I think these guys are all professionals, and they're in good shape, and they're going to be ready to go on both sides. 49ers-Eagles in Philadelphia will be the first of the two games this weekend on Championship Sunday. Uh, we kind of you painted with a broad brush about the matchup a little bit, but dive into it. I mean, who would you pick to win that game? I'm thinking of Philadelphia. I just think at home it's a great advantage over there in Philly. I played there many a times, and it is a great home field advantage, and I think Jalen Hurts in that offense is – uh, going to put a lot of pressure on those corners in San Francisco. And, and obviously, they're going to have to bring a safety down and try to stop the run, and that'll open up A.J. Brown and Devontae. So I just think that I, I like the Eagles, what they're doing right now and defensively. 
they can get after Purdy more so than any team they've seen so far this year. So it'll be a great test for them. I know Trent's going to protect one side. Uh, McGlinchey does a good job on the other side, but they have some interior Fletcher, uh, Fletcher Cox and some interior rushers that will give them problems. So I'm taking Philly. Jay, you hinted at it um, in the Cincinnati-Kansas City matchup that you might like Cincy, but what's the key for Kansas City here? Is it as simple as if Mahomes can move around like himself, or is there another way that you would say, hey, this is this is their path to getting a W? Well, offensively, they are what they are. I mean, they, they get – Pacheco's giving them a good boost as far as running the football and giving them some balance. But Mahomes is, is, is a different breed. He, he gets out of the pocket and makes throws that nobody else. He made two jump passes last week I've never seen before. You know, he throws one sidearm down by his ankles. I mean, uh, you, you can't really prepare for that. You've got to make sure you stay on your guys, play a great vision in the secondary. And then defensively, they're going to have to figure out a way to keep uh, Burrow one-dimensional if that's what you want to do and try to stop the run. Uh, the running game was very impressive last week against Buffalo. Uh, but still, if you can force Burrow to throw it, teams like Baltimore, some other teams have really gotten after him and made it tough for him. Jay Gruden on Grant and Danny. A couple of moments left with us here on the Fan Weekly appointment throughout the postseason every Monday at 5 o'clock to discuss the games we've been watching. So, Jay, last hour we actually talked about this, and, and I kind of hated it going in because it, it feels like something you'd see on a, on a bad TV show in the middle of the day on a net, you know, network television. But – I have long kind of thought Dak Prescott, who I really like as a dude, is just overrated. And I think he's fine. I think he's pretty good. But yesterday was ugly, obviously. He was incredible a week before that. This isn't just reactionary to yesterday. But we played a game called Dak Orr, and we tried to figure out where we would rank him in the NFL among quarterbacks right now. Danny Adam, like around 12th or 13th, I think. I had him at 17th, which is really, it felt low. But I want to ask you, 2023 season, you need one of these two guys as your quarterback. Would you take Dak or this guy? Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, Dak or Jared Goff? Oh, my God. I, I'm, taking, I'm taking Jared. You're taking Jared? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I took him as well, for the record. Dak or Kyler Murray? I'll take Dak. Okay. Dak or Matt Stafford? If he's healthy. Like, this is... He comes well, I'm back. I'm taking healthy Stafford for sure. I, I'm taking a guy with that kind of experience and arm talent. I'll take Stafford. Uh, Dak or Lamar? Ooh, that's a tough one. I'll take uh, I'll take Lamar. Dak or Kirk? Well, you got to you know I got to take Kirk. Okay. You have I mean, to, or you want to, or <laughs> you, you can do whatever you want, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll take Kirk. All right, Dak or Brady? All well, right, now I take Dak. Okay, so you have Brady lower down the list. Uh, all right, couple well, I mean, more here. He's not low. He's, he's 46. I don't know how many years he's no, going to play. If I, I got Dak for the next but, 10 but, years. But I mean, when I, you'll understand what I'm saying in a second. Dak or Goff? You already said Goff. Oh, I already did. Sorry. Uh, Dak or Carr? I'll take Dak. He can move a little better. And then the last one is Dak or Tua? A Dak. All right, I lied. Dak or Daniel Jones? Ooh, that's a tough one. I'd probably still take uh, Dak. Okay. So then you've got him closer maybe the Danny range, like around maybe it looks like 14th. Because I'm assuming the top seven we had was Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Herbert, Rogers, Jalen Hurts, Trevor Lawrence. Like those guys are in their own tier. So that's fair, right? Yeah, I wouldn't quite put Trevor up there yet. I think Trevor's still – Trevor and Dak are kind of in a similar spot in my opinion. All right, so so you got Lawrence lower. So then – so you got – it looks like maybe about a dozen guys at a deck. So, all right, he's got him in that same range. In that range, yeah. Some interesting. I mean, even Herbert, too. I think Herbert's down there, too. I, don't, I wouldn't put Herbert up there yet, either. I mean, Herbert hasn't really won any critical games, has he? 
I mean, Dak at least won a playoff game this week and uh, or last week, and no, that's questionable. All right, so so you got Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Rodgers, Hurts as the top the five. Oh, got it. And then yeah. you move Herbert and Lawrence. Yeah, we're crowning those guys. Them, the rest of them can jack you out, rebound, get to, get to rebound. But, but the top five are the top five. We, we uh, Danny and I just graduated Herbert and Lawrence already. We just moved them. We're along. just so enamored with young quarterbacks that aren't like tripping over it's, themselves. That's <laughs> what happens when you when you watch football in DC for thirty years. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. All right, man. Always appreciate it, Jay. We will talk to you next week. Always fun. You got it. Thank you, guys. See Jay you, Gruden on Grant and Danny here on the fan. Love catching up with him each and every week on the show. Back at it with him five o'clock next Monday. All right, next, how about we look back at what life might have been like if Washington didn't pick second and they picked first, which almost happened. Joe Burrow, man, could have been a commander. What might that look like? And also, speaking of Burrow, is he on the brink now of being the guy, the face of everything in the NFL? The Bengals could beat the Chiefs again, Danny. Two straight years, they could get to the Super Bowl. Again. What would that do for the Burrow legacy? Grant and Danny on the fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Third and seven. To the end zone. Open! Wide open! Hurst hauls it in for another Cincinnati touchdown. Bengals were cooking early. You thought maybe the Bills would come back, and it just didn't happen. Welcome back, Grant and Danny on the fan. I tweeted this yesterday at Grant H. Paulson. 
just a reminder that I like to send every now and then, just so we can all be in this thing together, misery-loving company as it does. Never forget, the Dolphins didn't get in on a two-point conversion against Washington, so they lost a game when the Dolphins were 0-4 and the then Redskins, in their final year as the Redskins, were 0-5. In fact, this was, I believe, the week after Jay Gruden got fired, who just joined us. And if you missed any part of the interview, you can go to thefandc.com, grantanddanny.com, slash audio. But one week before that, they'd lost to the Patriots with Colt McCoy starting at quarterback. Jay Gruden got fired. So this was Bill Callahan's first game, I think it was. Maybe his second game. And they were in Miami, and they beat the Dolphins. Do you remember this, Danny? 17 to 16. Yep. And in that game, Josh Rosen began the game. And he was horrific. Uh, He was so bad. Washington built up a lead, and then eventually Ryan Fitzpatrick came off the bench as the backup, and Fitzpatrick led the Dolphins back into the game, and eventually they scored a touchdown with six seconds left. Devontae Parker. With six seconds to go, they pulled it within one point, and then rather than kicking an extra point and going to overtime, because again, they're 0-4, and they're trying to get their first win against 0-5 Washington, but I would say the majority of coaches in the NFL would have kicked the extra point and seen what happened in overtime, especially because they, they had all the momentum, they'd miss. You know, they, they yeah, exactly. They, they'd outplayed Washington for two quarters and and what have you. But Fitzpatrick, since coming into the game, was twelve of eighteen for one hundred thirty yards and a touchdown in a quarter and change, just to give you an idea of how much the offense was humming. So they line up for a two point conversion, and they go completely spread with three receivers to the left and one to the right, and a deep back behind five linemen, no tight ends, and Fitzpatrick gets under center and barks a cadence. Washington's defense is spread out across the goal line. And he immediately drops back, and they run this wide receiver screen with the wide receiver coming downhill like at Fitzpatrick full speed. And he actually catches the ball, or tries to. He dropped it. Almost like at the tackle box, at the, you know where the, the, the line of scrimmage with the offensive line started. He was so close to Fitzpatrick. So the play was like too hot. The throw was too hard. Receiver drops the ball. There were defenders right there in his face. Ryan Anderson, the old second-round defensive end, was there. And the ball just caroms off the ground and into his hands. And the play is over, and the game is over. So with six seconds left, Washington is going to get a kickoff up by one. They're going to win the game. That two-point conversion play goes differently. Redskins lose that game. They have the number one pick in the 2020 draft. And they take Joe Burrow number one overall. I there's, think we just need to remember that as often as possible. There's your sliding doors moment, right? The, the, the main reason I like talking about it is because people can't wrap their head around the idea that like empty calorie wins and, and just getting that extra victory at the end of the season is not what you think it is. <laughs> it's not. No, it's not. Joe it's not. Burrow, man. Joe now, Burrow. My, my, what I don't know and my concern is Joe Burrow probably doesn't become Joe Burrow here. I happen to think he's one of the really unique, special quarterbacks of the last 25 years and thought that when he was at LSU, that no matter where he goes, he will elevate that program. He will drag that team with him where he's going to the promised land, so to speak. It's not like the Bengals were the organizational pillar of excellence. It's not like Cincinnati, a laughingstock for a long time. I mean, six wins in his two years previous right, before it, Burrow was there. They weren't yeah. some great organization. But I do wonder all the time, what would it look like here if Joe Burrow was the quarterback in Washington? Be better. Say that. 
No kidding. <laughs> it would be better. Um, I, I, to me, this is partly chicken or the egg. But the the biggest thing is once you have that, and I wouldn't know because we haven't had it. But once you have that, what to me, this is what I always think. Once you have that, all of a sudden, these other moves start to make sense. You had a defensive lineman. Of course, it's a good defensive lineman. You had a receiver. Of course, it's a smart pick. Of course, this lineman works. Everything just works. And everybody walks around thinking that they're a genius, right? Every front office guy's like, hey, great job, buddy. I'll tell you what, it was real savvy for us to find. You found the quarterback, idiot. That's why your key card works. You have it. You have this special, super perfect thing that makes it all good. All the mistakes you guys are probably making on a weekly basis, all the dumb play calls, all the like, Samaj P. Ryan, with all due respect, is your third down back. That's stupid. That's not a third down back. That's a guy that should play three downs per game and run it between the tackles for one and a half yards. The fact that he's their third down back just shows you that no one knows what they're doing anywhere, but they have Joe Burrow, so it's all fine. Now, they went and got Jamar Chase, super smart. They went and added to the receiver core, super smart. This is what you should be doing. As soon as you have a, a good young quarterback, you build around him instantaneously. In fact, which everybody should be doing, to be honest with you. If you have a veteran quarterback, young quarterback, middling one, you should have uncoverable weapons, which they've majored in. But yeah, I mean, I think once you have that dude, everything changes. Mediocre moves become good moves. Good moves become great moves. Everything is savvy. Everything just fits into place. You find yourself winning all of these games that you wouldn't ordinarily win, and you're just so consistent now. You go from, again, 6-10, and 2-14, and 4-11 and his first year because he uh, broke his leg against Washington. Since then, you just rip off win after win after win, and you have deep postseason runs. It's not some random coincidence, man. I think if you finally got one, a true honest-to-goodness, bona fide franchise guy. Not someone's leftovers at age 40, but you drafted one and he showed up on campus day one. It would be this, flowers would start growing, man. It would be this 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 geo-terraforming thing where this organization would, honest-to-goodness, not be a joke anymore. I really believe that. I remember, I think it was Liz Clark of the Washington Post who wrote a story a few years ago about basically how badly the business was trending for, for Dan Snyder and for the... I think they were still the Redskins then. Who knows what the team name was when that story came out. But I would think it was long enough ago that it would have been the Skins. And I remember that the the people she was talking to in the story, and they were like business savants at Stanford and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but they were basically saying how to turn things around as a sports franchise, you need a couple of things when you get to the the, the depths of disdain and animosity and maybe even worse apathy of the fan base of that Dan Snyder was appealing to here in DC. Mm-hmm. But those experts said he needs a quarterback who's a superstar. You know, he needs at the time, I'm sure it was Mahomes or Allen or whoever, but that's the example. He needs his Joe Burrow. He needs his Josh Allen or a new stadium. One of those two things could save him. Neither have happened, by the way. It's true. The new stadium would have saved his bacon. And I do believe that a Joe Burrow draft pick at number one, and because of that, a chance to win every single year might have saved Dan Snyder as well. So maybe if if you want to have a silver lining here, it's that they're probably going to get sold this year and that had they have found the quarterback a couple of years ago, Burrow or anybody else, maybe Dan Snyder would have owned this thing a lot longer. I do think they could have won with Burrow, though. I do, too. Because I've been on record at times and said, I don't know that it would ever work here. I don't know that this culture allows for anyone to thrive. This is the used car wash. You come here and you leave. 
looking worse, dirtier, your resume is, is worse off. Guys like Kyle Shanahan are having a hard time getting an offensive coordinating job after leaving here. You got to go wear it for a season with Brian Hoyer, your quarterback in Cleveland. But you know what, Danny? I think he could have done it. I'm, I'm because I, I firmly just think believe he, he could. He yes. is. This is not recency from yesterday, or the you know the, the fact that they're going back to the AFC title game. I promise you. To me, Joe Burrow more than any quarterback I can remember in my adult life was a can't miss coming out of college at the top of the board who just has it. I, I hate that kind of analysis, but he does. That's what it looks like. That's the dream. Every every line he says, it, it, you know, is perfect. It, it feels like it's re- rehearsed. Yesterday, he's asked about the. AFC Championship game that was supposed to be played in Atlanta, and he said you better get them their refunds. But he handles himself perfectly right, at the yeah. podium, and he's a leader. And you see these videos that come out of him in-game introducing himself to defensive players. He walks up to you know, these star defensive players he's playing against, and he says, hey, guys, I'm Joe. He, he just, he's, he's just, he's everything you dream about. And he, it, it was so close. And some it of these names. so close to happening. I'm telling you, it, it, it is absolutely a thing. Now, some, some guys arrive at different Pass and they're not permanently in this tier, right? Russell Wilson was in this tier at one point, okay. Where they the plan was Matt Flynn, Russell Wilson showed up on campus and everything changed. They all of a sudden, all these you know weird theories by Pete Carroll and how they wanted to do it. They had that dude now, he left that dude's status and now he became a weirdo that they had to get rid of and move on from. But there's been a number of these guys you can you can you can pick them out. Ben Roethlisberger was different. Right, I know he went to Pittsburgh and was in a great situation, but that was a badass from minute one, and everyone recognized it. Drew Brees wasn't right away when he was in L.A. or San Diego, and then was uh, as soon as he got to New Orleans, he and Sean Payton made that beautiful music. Once you have the thing, that the thing that I covet, that I thought we had in 2012, quite frankly, I was sure that we had it. And then, of course, it all went away. But when you have that thing, all the other stuff falls into place. I firmly believe he would have changed everything had he been here. It's just so accurate. Everything he does on the field looks n- like it's not special. Mm-hmm. But then he makes the spectacular throw, and you go, okay, now I get it. There, That's a Brady-like quality, I would say, in that in a vacuum, every one play is just another play. But you add up enough of them, and you go, this guy is a really different kind of cat. Uh, Bob on Twitter says Ron would have taken Chase Young anyway. No, they wouldn't have. They would have been picking number one overall, and at that time, Joe Burrow was the unquestioned guy. Now, could they have traded out of that pick? I guess that's possible and gotten a boatload. They still, by the way, would have benefited immensely from that had that have happened. They would have been making the playoffs this year, last year, I would imagine, based on the unbelievable King's ransom they would have gotten. But I think they would have taken Joe Burrow. After the year that Haskins had had really struggling, and you know, with the reports they would have gotten internally from the people in the building that they held over, uh, but I guess it doesn't matter. But I like just thinking about it every now and then. Just let yourself, you're, you're used to the pain. Like, remind yourself just, that it's there. I just like remembering how close I was to Joe Burrow every now and again. Grant and Danny on the fan with you until six thirty tonight. That's when Virginia Tech basketball comes your way, right here on the fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Just saw a tweet from Stefan Diggs. This is from about two minutes ago. He said, want me to be okay with losing, question mark? Nah. Now, what is this in reference to? Stephon Diggs, yesterday in the AFC division round, was seen several times getting after Josh Allen on the field or on the sideline. A couple of times after he you know, either overthrew him or they didn't couldn't connect for whatever reason, Diggs would kind of throw his hands up, show up his quarterback a little bit, and go, come on, what are we doing? There was a play where, uh, in the snow, mind you, Diggs had to go down to the ground to catch the football, wasn't able to get in the yards after the catch because he had to go down to secure a low throw. And then he immediately said to Josh Allen, like, lift it up, lift it up, got to go higher, got to go higher. So he's kind of critiquing whatever yeah. very publicly with the cameras on. But that kind of thing happens, not a big deal. Then on the sideline, and this is where if I was Allen, I would have just, it would have been hard for me not to say anything, but kudos to Josh Allen for being a pro. Uh, he's going over the little chart or the, the iPad with his quarterback's coach. As you always see, the quarterback sitting there with the quarterback's coach on the bench. Hey, here's the de- defense. This is what they're running, whatever. And Diggs is berating him, essentially. I mean, he's like eight, ten feet from him. And he's got his hands in the air yelling at him. No one's around except for Diggs, basically. And the coach, it seems like he's saying something to Diggs, like probably go away or, hey, we're yeah, working enough, here. Dude. Uh, and Josh Allen never looks up. He just keeps staring down. And it wasn't lost on me that on the following drive, in a garbage time drive, where he had like six passes, none of them went to Stephon Diggs after that <laughs> uh, from Josh Allen. But, I mean, Diggs obviously has a reputation, right? At times, he, he has gotten um, irritable with quarterbacks in the past. Uh, we had Stephon Diggs on the show at the Super Bowl, if you remember. Yeah, absolutely. He was so cool. I loved him in person. He was great. And yesterday, there was a moment where he got... Well, run out of bounds at the end of a play, and he slid, and he knocked over a female photographer, and he picked her up and made sure she was okay for almost 20 seconds. I mean, it was really, really a gesture you don't see often, and I said that's pretty telling of his character. I'm not telling you Stephon Diggs is a bad guy. The tweet, if you want me to be okay with losing, nah. Like, it's not like you're the only one that doesn't like losing, man. So I thought that was a reference to him leaving the locker room early. Could have been. I, th- I, I thought that's what that was about. But either way, the, the implication that... that says is, if you don't do what I did, then you're okay with losing. Then you're complacent. So many people have lost so many times. 
and I, I bet you not one of them was thrilled about it. This was, right? what, you know, remember when Cam Newton uh, walked that off? That's the example I was going to bring. Yes, and, and like Cam Newton's point was like, I, I'm not a happy loser. What? And and there's a lot of people that pat you on the back and go, that's why you're the best. I love you for it. No, like a lot of guys are sad that they lost. Mm-hmm. You don't think every player on that team wore it yesterday and felt bad. You don't think Josh Allen, who gets way more blame than anybody else because he's a quarterback, or Sean McDermott, or anybody else. Was sad yesterday or mad? Yeah. You don't start yelling at teammates and coaches, and there's a way to conduct yourself. I guess what you're talking about was, and I didn't mention this, that he left the locker room like early before anyone got into the locker room mm-hmm. after the game, correct? Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's all part of it. To me, I, like that, even though he has an obligation to talk to the media or he could get fined, I think that's way lower on my scale of, of transgressions than in front of everyone Berating might be strong, but but letting your quarterback hear it at their lowest moment. Yeah, like I'm about to get eliminated from the playoffs again. This is going to be on my ledger. Everyone's going to pretend like I'm the only reason why we lost, and you're my best pal on the team. Who we make beautiful music together, and we're best buddies doing post game interviews about how much we love each other when we're winning. And right now, you want to scream in my face like that's not cool. Yeah, I learned a lot about accountability um, in 2012 when the Nats blew the largest lead in the history of the postseason to the St. Louis Cardinals. And the post game, the lockers were all covered with plastic because you have to prepare for champagne and beer and stuff being sprayed. And there was no champagne and beer to be sprayed because they'd lost in galling fashion. And Drew Storen sat there in front of his plastic-covered locker for what seemed like 20 minutes answering every single question when all he wanted to do was leave or go take up the hottest shower or, or whatever else, you know? And then a couple years later, when the Nets lost to the San Francisco Giants, you couldn't find Jason Worth anywhere. I learned an awful lot through those processes, is what I will say. Yeah, I, I just, I like Diggs. And, I, you know, I, I root for him. I mean, he's a Maryland guy. I went to the University of Maryland. He's great, too, by guy. the way. All he is is an awesome player. One of the top five or so wide receivers in the NFL. And I, I don't know that anybody's a better route runner than that guy. I mean, he will carve you up with his routes. But it was just a bad look. And I don't like the idea of the defense. I don't like to lose. You and everybody else, man. Like, you don't take it harder than other people. And even if you do, good for you. But you're you're all losing the same amount. You're all losing and not getting to go on to the next round. One guy was seen screaming at a teammate. You know, one guy was seen making it about themselves and making a scene yesterday. There's no need to do it that way. You can wear it and make it clear that you're sad to lose. Without acting that way. So that was tough. But I will say, I will choose to remember that he picked the the, uh, photographer up and was nice during the game as well. Which is really cool. Which uh, people will forget. And and that might seem like nothing, but how often do you see a receiver or, or, you know, someone, doesn't have to be a receiver, run out of bounds, knock someone over, and they just go right back on the field, which is fine. Like, you're you're in the middle of your job. You got something to do, yeah. You You have a thing to do. I just think going above and beyond like he did was actually really, really cool. Grant and Danny on the fan with you until 6.30. Four quarterbacks remain. Kind of an interesting story gets told when you start to figure out how they were acquired. This is the fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.